Okay, Revelation chapter 19. Now, I want us to um, read together um, verses 15, all right, verses 15, all the way to 18, all right, 15, sorry, 15 to 19, 1, 2, reading. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and treadeth the winepress of fierceness and the wrath of God. And he hath on his vesture, on his thigh, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, To all the fowls that fly in the midst of the heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and born, both small and great. May God bless, uh, sorry, that's all. May God bless the reading of his word. Now, we continue to study, let's turn our BBK books. We continue to study about the false movements that will affect the church, all right? Chapter 16, page 197 in the new book. 197 in the new book. And um, actually, we'll move to... Um, actually, 177, all right? 177, 177 in the old book. Sorry, 177 in the old book. Um, I didn't write down the new book. You find yourself about, one, about 198, I think. 198. All right, now we are studying... The four movements, four key movements that will plague the church. Now, do you remember what are they? What's the first one? Uh, Noah. Very good. All right, the easiest, the Roman Catholic Church. What is the second one, Thomas? Say again. The charismatic movement, all right. What's actually, that's the third one. What's the second one? Oh, yeah, the second one or another one. Um, Anna Tiong. New evangelical movement. All right, we'll cover that last. So we have three. What's, uh, what's another one, uh, Wei Chin? The ecumenical movement. All right, ecumenical movement. But now we are at the Roman Catholic um, Church. But I want us to be clear about something. All right? Now, if... Well, later on when we cover the ecumenical movement, all right, you will see this... Um, more clearly. Um, now, if you turn to Revelation chapter 17 first. Revelation chapter 17. <clears throat> Early on, we read about Christ coming and he will judge very fiercely, right? But that is something that you must have in perspective. Right, Revelation chapter 17. Now, I want us to read um, verses 4, all right? Verses 4 um, to 6. Verses 4 to 6. Reading. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead 
was her name written, Mystery of Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. All right, then let's read chapter 18. <clears throat> chapter 18. Now, read, let's read verses 4 um, to 6. Verses 4 to 6, reading. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye may not, ye be not put partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Now, we read about the judgment of God. We read about this, this, this harlot, this harlot. I want to paint this for you now so that you get a perspective of what, why it is important to study about the false movement and, the, and point, out, point them out like the Roman Catholic movement. Now, we read, the Bible says in Revelation, there'll be the great harlot, all right? The harlot. Now, and she will have a cup that is full of abomination and she takes in all kinds, all kinds of filthiness, all right? So the prostitute, um, that is the description. And what is, what is God saying and revealing to us? God said there will be this one, um, one either organization, movement, but basically one thing that will gather all sorts of filthiness, bring in all sorts of uncleanness and form this huge um, movement or this, what often we believe is the one world church. All right? The one world church. Please know that the church doesn't mean Christian. It means it's an amalgamation of all sorts of unclean religions, all the false religions mixed together even with so-called Christianity. And this will be one big um, pot, melting pot of falsehood. And then God says, my church, my people, we read, my people, <clears throat> those that are in their true church, he said, come out from it. <clears throat> come out from it. Because God will, God will pour out great judgment on this one <clears throat> big amalgamation, this big movement or this one world church of false religions. So this is going to happen. Revelation will happen. Now, why must I point this out? Because in here, you are going to have the false religions like Roman Catholicism, charismatic movement, the now the whole ecumenical bringing into one house. Ecumenical means one house, one home, right? Into one house, the ecumenical movement, um, the new evangelical movement. All sorts of falsehood will be there. The reason why we are studying this is in order to come out, we must make sure that we know we know, we identify these are errors and we be not part of it individually or as a church, all right? So that is why we are studying all this. So don't lose focus. Otherwise, you say we are just pointing out errors of other people and being judgmental. No, God says, know this movement and come out from it, that one world church, all right? Now, with that, we continue with the Roman Catholic movement. Billions of so-called people who, so-called Christians, they call themselves Christians now, all right? Now, we have showed you that I'm taking this, all this, the latest, latest, they have not changed actually, um, teaching of the Roman Catholic Church. 
why it is part of the filthiness. They teach a false gospel. All right? Now, we continue here. Justification about salvation. You must be clear what they are teaching so that you yourself don't fall into that error and say, well, I think they're teaching the same thing. Now, they teach this. For example, now, I just want to make sure that you know, like this, Council of Trent. Now, I click this. All right? It's taken directly from the um, encyclicals, all right, from their meetings. And these are their um, write-ups. Now, so, now it is stated very clearly, after grace of justification has been received, every penitent sinner, um, to every penitent sinner, the guilt is remitted and the debt of eternal punishment is blotted out. And, the, and they say, if you believe that, means I believe in Christ, all my sins are blotted out. Means I am free. I am fit for heaven. Thank God for that. If you say that, and, and you say that there remains no debt, no debt or temporal punishment to be discharged in this world or in the next world in purgatory before entrance into heaven, then let him be anathema. So today they still say, if you say, I, I believe in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ wash away all my sins. If I die today, I'll go to heaven. There's nothing else I need to pay. You are anathema, means you are cursed. Cursed, cast out, all right? You cannot be saved even. Now, then another one. So what, do, what are they saying? Now they say, well, at the beginning of conversion, moved by the Holy Spirit, by charity, we can merit for ourselves and for others graces needed for sanctification, for increase of grace and charity, and the attainment of eternal life. Note the word, the, attain, the words attainment of eternal life. So they're saying this, you cannot believe that, that if you believe in Jesus Christ and that He washes away all for your sin, you cannot believe that you must believe what? That you... You can merit eternal life. means you can purchase eternal life yourself. You can be, um, make yourself worthy of eternal life. How? Well, increase your sanctification. Increase holiness. Well, increase holiness and through, through what? Through temporal goods. Well, like health, friendship. Do, do good things. Do, do good works. All right? The graces and goods are object of Christian prayer. So you pray. You do good works. These things help you to attain eternal life. means you are part of attaining eternal life yourself. By grace, so what the Bible says, you are saved by grace through faith, not of yourself, it's the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast, is false. They say the Bible is wrong, all right? Now, next one, I want to quickly move to this. I've mentioned this briefly last week. Now, they believe in purgatory and penance for the dead means because you believe you won't go to heaven. You, you, you need cleansing, you need washing, and, and not only that, all right? Not only that. Okay, you say, well, lesser faults. There are some sins that are not so serious. Well, you can pay for yourself, right? That is, you go to this place called purgatory, purgatory, and then you're, you, you suffer for yourself, and then you get cleaned up. Then you can go to heaven, even though you have belief in Jesus Christ. Now, and how do they get this teaching? This teaching is based on the practice of prayer for the dead. So they believe in praying for the dead. And they say it's already mentioned in sacred scriptures. All right, so try and find this in your Bible. Therefore, Judas Maccabeus um, made atonement for the dead that they might be delivered from their sins. Now, where is this from? 
is from the book of Maccabeus. All right, so I'm taking this final, the purgatory from, from the book of Maccabeus. Where is it? All right, I think 605. Right, so it's taken from this, can you see? 2 Maccabees 12.46. Basically, they will quote from the book of Maccabees. It is not part of the Bible. They add books to the Bible. God already warned, do not add to my words. So they will take other writings, any writings that will suit their teaching. Right? They will quote and say, what, sacred scriptures. These are not sacred scriptures, but may, they make you think that it is. So now, so he says, um, from the beginning, the church has honoured the memory of the dead and offered prayers to them. The church also commends almsgiving, indulgences, and work and penance to be undertaken in, on behalf of the dead. Now, let me draw this to you. What are they saying? Right, please know this. No change. Today, they still believe in that. Now, please know that Jesus Christ, as we read, he told the thief. All right? He told the thief, um, this day, well, first he said, Jesus said, it is finished, right? And he also said, this day, you will be with me in paradise, in heaven. He told the thief that. Now, but this is instant. Salvation is instant. Jesus paid for the, the thief completely, and he will be in paradise this day with Christ. But what the Roman Catholics say, no, 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 no. All right, they say, well, it is finished. Not true, not true. You must pay for yourself. Christ didn't finish the work for you. All right, so they say, not true. Now, then they say, it is finished, means Christ paid everything. They say, no, no, no. You can pay for the dead. Just now we read, all right? You can pay for the dead by praying for them and by giving money to the church, okay? So, or they call it indulgences, indulgences. So, no, it's not finished. Jesus, Jesus lied on the cross. It is not finished, okay? You must pay yourself. You can, you can pray and pay for others. Now, so they say, now this is often also referred to the mass, all right, the mass. Some of you who are Roman Catholics before you understand, you pay the church to hold a mass. In other words, you pay the church to pray for your dead relatives, for example, all right? And then they will, it'll, be, it'll be faster for them to go to heaven. They don't have to burn in this purgatory for so long, for example. Or you can pay ahead for yourself as well, all right? So they have all sorts of system in that that is not in the Bible. How much to pay? Now, please know that the church was corrupted. Remember, we studied last week along the way, the New Testament church was corrupted, corrupted by unbelievers, they wanted power. They came in, they introduced this kind of things. Why? They quote from like Maccabeus and all that. Why? Because it makes money for the church. It makes money for them. You pay, and then your, your, your relatives can go to heaven. I mean, seriously, if, if money can buy salvation, the church is very rich. The church will automatically just buy lots of salvation for people. No, say, so give me some more money. All right, so it is finished. It's not finished. Number two, this day. They say, this day, that Jesus said this day, is a lie. Jesus lied to the thief. It's not this day, you must go to purgatory. You must burn there for some time. How long? Don't know. Burn, burn, burn. 
then you can get to heaven. This day is also a lie that Jesus told on the cross. So do you understand why God says, come out from among them? This is a false gospel. You will end up in hell. You will cause people to go to hell. So we are not being unkind. We are exposing the false gospel. All right? And, and also you can pay. Not finish. You can pay. Pay money. All right? Do things. They will say, well, do these things for the church. And then, all right, then we will tell God to release your relative souls to heaven faster. It is still there, all right? I just want to make sure that you understand it is still there. This is just quoted. This is still on our website. It says, from the beginning, the church has honoured memory for the dead by offering prayers. And it says the church also commends almsgiving, means give money. Indulgences, buy permits. Indulgences, I say, well, you got these indulgences. We have all this, all right? We available for you. You give us how much? We give you how, how many indulgences you want? Ah, this costs you how much? We give you, all right? And the works of penance undertaken for the dead. Oh, sorry, your, your, I think your mother is, is still in purgatory, all right? So, yeah, yeah, they believe in Jesus, but they're not in heaven, not this day. So, you can do penance for them, all right? What you must do is, for example, well, go and say 1,000 Hail Mary. Or do this and that for the church. Okay, then um, you can do this for the dead. Now, is this any different from what the Buddhists believe? They believe that they burn paper money. All right? Burn paper Mercedes Benz. And then their relatives in, the, in, in hell will get it. It's the same concept. But this is more powerful. They don't burn, they don't burn false money, right? And they literally ask you for real money. The false incense money, I don't know. One dollar can buy you one million dollars of hell money, I don't know. But this is real money. That is why they are so rich. So they still teach that today. This is taken from their website. It's still there today. Come out. We cannot say we move back together with them. Oh yes, by the way, I brought up this great harlot is to tell you. God says, do not be part of them. Today, Protestants and Roman Catholics are working all sorts of ways, finding all sorts of ways to come back together instead of come out. We came out in the Reformation. Now, then another one. We move to this. All right? It is... Now, what about this? Mary, they say, is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of Christ, mother of God, basically. Now, so this is what they say, um, taken from um, item 963 regarding Mary, the mother of Christ. Now, since the Virgin's Mary role in the mystery of, the Christ, of mystery of Christ and the Spirit has been treated, is fitting now to consider her place in the mystery of the church. Now, they say this, the Virgin Mary is acknowledged and honoured as truly the mother of God and of the Redeemer. She's clearly the mother of members of Christ. So why do Roman Catholics pray to Mary? Because they are considered, she is considered the mother of the church, members of Christ. Since she's mother of God and Christ is the head of the church, then all of us are the children of Mary. Now, the Bible never a single time uses Mary as mother of God. It simply says, Mary, mother of Jesus, mother of the child. It never says mother of God, but it will say God the Father is father of God, father of Christ, all right, in the Psalms, in the New Testament. But never once is Mary referred to the mother of God. 
Now, then it says this. It goes further. Now, since she has by her charity joined bringing about the birth of believers. So, we are believers because we are born. Mary gave birth to us. Now, she gave birth to us in the church. Mary, mother of Christ, mother of the church. Now, then, this is, this lead, this led them to teach this. Mary is holy, united to us. So, item 964, Mary's role in the church is inseparable from her union with Christ and flows directly from it. This union of the mother with the son of, in the work of salvation is manifest made from the time of, her, of Christ's virginal birth, conception, uh, virginal conception of his, up to his death. Now, she said the union of mother with the son in the work of salvation. Please know they teach explicitly your salvation. My salvation is not due to Christ alone. It's due to Christ in union of Mary. To, to have the work of salvation, Christ and Mary, they both have a part. That is why we are birthed by Mary. Understand that. Now, not only that, they teach this. Finally, the Immaculate Virgin, all right, preserved free from all sin. So they say Mary is a sinless person. She was sinless and she was always preserved free from sin. So she did not even have the original sin, all right? Now, when the course of her earthly life was finished, was taken up body and soul. So Mary did not die. They say Mary was taken up body and soul to heavenly glory. So Mary is taken up to heavenly glory. Next they say, exalted by the Lord as queen over all things. So Mary is the queen of heaven, basically that. She exalted in glory, she went up to glory and the queen of all things, including things in heaven and things on earth. So she's the queen of heaven. Basically, that is what it means. Right? So they believe all this. Now, what does the Bible say? Let me ask you, what does the Bible say? First, is Mary part of, is Mary part of um, the mediator that brought, brought men and God together? Salvation. Is Mary that? Now, first and foremost, God says, there is, let's read together, 1 Timothy 2.5, let's read aloud. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Now, the Bible emphasizes one, one mediator, not Mary and Jesus, only one. Mediator means the one that brings reconciliation, right? Means salvation, peace between God and the believer. And it is specific, one, and it is the man, Christ coming in the form of man. But he is Christ Jesus. He is God himself, the Messiah. So the Bible is clear. There is no Mary joined with Christ to do our work of salvation. It is a made-up, man-made, false religion, turning people away from the only God that saved them, that should get all the glory to now add it with a human being, stealing the glory of Christ and his finished work. That is why many are more grateful to, to Mary, or at least equally grateful to Mary than as well as Jesus. This is wrong. The Bible says only one. Now, is Jesus, and Jesus says this, Jesus saith unto, them, unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, in Greek, 
there's, there's, it's very rare that it uses the article the. So when you read the King James Bible, all right, without the the, it means nothing. All right? so, so in English, it's just different. They will add the the to make it sound like normal English. But in this case, this the, right, this the is specifically called out as a separate article. All right? Whenever the Greek language does that, it means this is a very strong emphasis and this is to draw attention there and say this is an absolute focus and it is the, none other but the. So Christ used the repeatedly. The way, the life. Nothing to do with Mary joining with Christ. He is the only one. And they say, you do not come to God through me and Mary, but by me, only the, me alone. All right? Now, is, is Mary sinless? Is Mary sinless? Was Mary sinless? Because they claim Mary was sinless. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No exception, all including Mary. There's not a single human being born of two human beings that is without the original sin. We are sinners, born sinners, because we are born of two sinners. The Bible says, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, 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 God. No, you're wrong. Mary is righteous, without sin. And God answers, no, 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 not one. Not a single one. If Mary was, God would clarify. There's, there's none righteous except one. No, I'm wrong, except one, Mary and Christ. No, no, not one. Now, notice also, let's read Luke 1, 6, uh, 146 to 47 reading. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. God my Saviour. When Mary sang or spoke, all right, she was very clear in her heart. Please don't say I am sinless. I need a saviour. Christ is my God. And I need a saviour. I thank God that he's my saviour. And therefore, I magnify him, not myself. She did not say, well, thank God. Now I can magnify myself and Jesus Christ because we are both saviours. No, it's my saviour. So she acknowledged by her, with her own mouth she needed a saviour because she is a sinner. All right? So, the, so everything that the Roman Catholic Church teaches is, is against the Bible. It's part of the great harlot. Now, so they say that Mary is the queen over all things up in heaven too, queen of heaven. Now, is there a queen of heaven in the Bible? Yes. Let me read to you. Is Mary the queen of heaven? Now, the Bible talks about queen of heaven, all right? Jeremiah 7, 18. Now, the children gather wood and the fathers kindle the fire and the women knead their dough and make cakes to the queen of heaven. So this concept of a queen, God, and a queen that overrules all was in the Old Testament already. Satan has already tried to introduce a queen into the, the religious practice of the children of Israel. And they say, oh, there's this queen of heaven. And God says that they may provoke me to anger. Please know. God says, come out from among them. Have nothing to do with them. Please don't say we need to unite with them who calls someone a queen. 
of heaven, a queen over all things. It provokes him to anger. So Satan will create a religion. From last time he failed, now he tries to do it again. Let's get God angry. Let's even make the people say, I worship Jehovah and I worship the queen of heaven. Now, continue in Jeremiah, God said this, this concept of a queen and you worship and you pray to this queen, now it provokes me. Jeremiah 44, 15. Um, now, they burn incense to other, queen, uh, to, to other gods. Uh, who are these other gods? Verse 16. The word the God is spoken, verse 17, sorry. Um, no, sorry, verse 16 first. As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken to thee. What is this? They're saying this. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know you, prophet. Keep telling me, Jeremiah, keep telling me that there's no such thing as queen of heaven, that only God should be worshipped. Like now, the Roman Catholic Church is repeatedly told, maybe one of you feel that, ah, all this rubbish. We should unite with the Roman Catholic. There are people who say that, Christians, so, so to speak. We will not hearken to thee as for the Lord which thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord. We use the Bible in the name of the Lord. We show you the errors. We will not hearken to thee, Jeremiah. We are not going to listen to you. We like this concept of a queen of heaven. Then they say, but we will certainly do whatsoever thing go forth of our own mouth to burn incense unto the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings to her as we have done. And our fathers, our kings, our princes, and the cities of Judah. So he said, our fathers... Right? Please know, hey, the Roman Catholic Church say, since the old days, Maccabeus say, all these old, old people, they said, our fathers did that. We are going to continue to do that. Now then further he says, um, and, and so on and so on, all right? But what does God say? I will punish you in this place, that ye may know that my words shall surely stand against you for evil. Is it not true? God said that I will destroy this harlot, this, this system, this one-world system that promotes all sorts of abominable beliefs. It's abominable to say that Jesus Christ and Mary together in union for your salvation. It is abominable. Let me read to you what they say again, all right? She has, by her charity, um, brought you birth, so... And then it says, they make it very clear, this union of mother with the son in the work of salvation. It is a work of salvation that Mary and son unite together to redeem you. So Mary is not sinless. Now, I think if Mary were alive today, she would be very upset. She, my soul, doth magnify the Lord. She wants Christ to be magnified, her Savior to be magnified. Instead, people keep bringing her and putting her on the same level as God, calling her the mother of God, in fact, higher. All right? So, please understand this. Now, they sell this idea to you. How? By saying, you know, you know if, if you want to get a guy to do something, because you know how we are, we, we love our mother, all right? And then they quote, well, Mary asked Jesus to, make, to turn water into wine and all that. You know, he did it, right? He listens to his mother. So, tell you what, you pray to Mary. I'm not sure if Jesus will really listen, but it's very powerful, you know. If you ask Jesus, the mother of God, to tell Jesus, Jesus will definitely do it because he loves his mother. What do you think? This is human rationalizing. When Mary came and the people say, look, 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 your mother is here. They say, who is my mother? Jesus asked, who is my mother? Anyone who believes in God, 
my family, right? So Jesus made it very clear. Please don't elevate Mary. Now, where was I? Yeah, so she is, she would not have agreed to all this. So this is still in existence. Now, then the last one, all right, the last one. Of course, there are many, but I'm pulling out some key ones. Now, they say the Pope is the rock and the head of the church. So this is their decree, all right? Decrees of the First Vatican Council, papal encyclopedia. Now, anyway, it says this. Um, Therefore, if anyone says that it is not by the institution of Christ the Lord himself, that is to say by divine law, that blessed Peter should be the perpetual successor in the primacy over the whole church, or the Roman pontiff, which is the Pope, is not the successor of the blessed Peter in this primacy, let him be anathema. What are they saying? If you don't believe this, let you be cursed. What is the curse? What is the belief? They believe that Jesus Christ, the Lord himself, by divine law, make Peter the, his successor to primacy over the Hojas to be ruler, the top man, the ruler, the top one, the supreme one over all the church. And then from there, Peter passed it on to popes, the Roman pontiff, to popes. And then every pope that succeeds is really directly getting it from Jesus Christ to Peter, to, 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 then to themselves, and they are therefore the super primate primacy, have super primacy over the whole church. It means they're head of the church, in other words, right? So they say, the church says that. You don't believe, you are cursed to death. Okay, and it says, well, it said the, the Roman pontiff governs the whole church, head of the church. Supreme judge of the faithful, head of all believers. All right? And then it says, the sentence by the apostolic see means the, the, the seat that pass on, the, the, the position that pass on. All right, the, the, now he says, it's not subject to revision by anyone. So he says this, whatever the Pope says, no man can change. Why? Because they believe the Pope is the successor of Christ over the church. And whatever the, church, the Pope says is law. You add to Christ's words. All right, that's why they want to add, they want to add, you go to purgatory, it's law. They want to add, you give money so that your people can go, your relatives can go to heaven, it's law. All right? This is true. So this is how they solidify their position, understand that. Now, what does the Bible say? Now, they like to quote this. They like to quote um, Matthew 16, 18. Let's read together. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So now he says this. They believe that this verse says, Christ say, Christ say, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. So he said, Peter, you are the rock, and I'll build my church on you. Now, is this true? This is not true at all. You cannot argue with the language. Christ used different words. All right? He said, thou art Peter. Peter is the Greek word Petros. Petros. And upon this rock, which is Petra, all right, he used different words. And the words means this, Petros, which is Peter, is an isolated rock, all right? Now, Petros, Petros always means a stone, which as many may throw. Now, verses 4073, Petra, all right? Petra. Petra is a cliff. 
is a projecting rock, a cliff, versus Peter, who is a rock that people can take and throw. All right? So this is the Greek word. You cannot argue with language. So, so he was standing before that great Jerusalem mountain, all right? Great mountains around them. And Jesus is saying this. Look at this verse. And I say unto you, Peter, now watch, watch my action. I'm saying to you, Peter, I'm saying to you, stone, rock, upon this Petra. Now he turned to something else. Upon this Petra, which is that big cliff, which he said is me. I'm telling you, rock, rock, don't worry. Satan will never prevail against the church, rock, stone. And then he points to himself and the cliff before them. Upon this rock, upon this cliff, upon this Petra, I will build my church. That's why the Bible says the church is built on Christ, his truth, upon this rock. You stone, me cliff. Built on you, finish. Built on me, I'm the head. It will never, it will never be destroyed. That is why, is, pope, is the Pope the head of the church? No, the Bible says, and he is the head of the body, which is Christ, the church, uh, the church uh, who is the beginning, the firstborn, all right? He will have the preeminence, not the pontiff, not the Roman pontiff. Christ have supremacy, have primacy. He will have preeminence, not the Pope. Christ, please know that. Ephesians 5.23, for the husband is the head of the wife. But the main point he wants to stress is, even as Christ is the head of the church, no passing down. It is Apostle Paul writing this. The Apostle Paul didn't say, well, it's all this passed down to us apostles. Peter did not come and argue, hey, Paul, you're wrong, you know. I am the head of the church. Why did you write to the, to the church of Ephesus, Christ is the head? No, I am. Christ has gone, passed it to me already. No, Peter did not argue. He said, listen to what Paul says. Christ is the head of the church. All right, so please understand, these are serious, serious errors, heresies, abominable, abominable teachings that still stands on the that still stands in Vatican.va, their official catechism of the Roman Catholic Church. It is still there. No change. Don't ever think of being part of a church that is part of a movement that is on the way back. Let's unite with the Roman Catholic Church. When we come to the ecumenical movement, we will see some of these churches. Let us pray.